0: Welcome to Dear Hank and John.
1: Or as I like to think of it, Dear Deboki and Hank.
0: It's a podcast where two brothers and sometimes a brother and a friend answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Today we are joined by Deboki Chakravarti, who is our editorial assistant who's always helping with interesting science facts. Deboki, uh, I recently got mad at my son because he was inhaling helium uh, out of a helium balloon. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, I just didn't like him talking to me in that tone of voice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: eh. Thanks, eh.
0: appreciate that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How long do I have to pretend <laughs> that
0: I'm laughing for? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was perfect. Um, the so uh, so the bogey, uh helps with a number of things, but mostly is a sort of science consultant on Dear Hank and John because we get a lot of science questions and. Uh, and there was a time when I would wing them, uh, which went well ninety percent of the time. But those <laughs> that ten percent was a problem. Um, and uh, and now I don't have to wing them. And, and what we do is Tepoki and I before every episode of Deer Hanging and John, we have a, we have a little phone call where we talk about science questions and Mars, and we we uh, we I learn I learn some things. Um, yeah, and make sure that I don't I don't get anything too wrong. So is always on this podcast, kind of. Um and and the, what we've decided. Since... I'm the
1: silent voice in the back <laughs> yes. being like, no.
0: <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> and since John is on a little break, I was like, why don't why don't we bring Devoki into not a silent voice? And we can just answer science questions for a day.
1: Yeah. So now I can listen to this afterwards and say no to myself. Like I can have the retroactive <laughs> self-criticism instead.
0: You should not have. No, you should not have. But look, that's, the, that's part of the fun. No one expects it to be 100% right. It's dubious advice and almost definitely correct science information. Those are but my specialties. Definitely. So. <laughs> Where are you and what are you up to these days?
1: uh so physically i am in massachusetts um Mm. in in the western part uh between a bunch of schools and uh professionally emotionally all over the place Uh, i do a lot of different things for complexly i guess i work on this on tangents on journey to the microcosmos we've still got crash course organic chemistry going up so i've been hosting that as well um Mm -hmm. so a lot of different things yeah.
0: And then you also do freelance editorial work for a number of different places. Correct. And you started, and, and your degree is in?
1: My background's in biomedical engineering. So I did that through okay. undergrad. I also double majored in English, but that was kind of just for fun because I wanted to be forced <laughs> to read books while I was in college.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: then after I uh, did my, my PhD in biomedical engineering and spent a long time trying to teach T-cells how to do things. Uh... Oh, I actually
0: tried to teach T-cells how to do things in my in my undergrad.
1: Yeah, They, they don't listen. They, no. They just don't want to do it.
0: They're, they do all kinds of stuff. they uh, It's wild. I did not realize uh, how how stupid the immune system is until I started t- to work on it. Um, but it is extremely complicated. And they're just like, I, I'm i going to be a different, I'm just going to be a different person. You know, like some days you kind of wish you could wake up and be a different person. Yeah. It's like, can't I be a Reese Witherspoon for a day? A T-cell can do that. Yeah. It is <laughs> and- and, just decide and the thing is
1: it's so stupid but it's also so brilliant like oh, that's course. why like it's so hard to understand like you can spend your entire life trying to map out the immune system and trying to understand what it's doing i mean people have been trying to spend their entire lives doing that and it you, you get to a point i think where you just have to accept the the large amount of things you're just never going to get about it
0: yeah yeah well Uh, Thank God for the immune system, though mine does attack me, Mm -hmm. Um, but look, it's complicated and I get it. It's confusing in there. There's a lot of different cells and you have to decide which ones are bad, which ones are good. And it can get confusing sometimes. And then you just make me miserable for periods of time. (laughs) Um, I'm mostly better now, but only thanks to modern mere miraculous and tremendously expensive medicines.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What little we have learned about the immune system has already made like a lot of progress. So that's the great thing.
0: That is the great thing. So we have a lot of we got a lot of science questions, but we've also got to, like, we're not able to answer all of the science questions, and, and there, there's often been times when we're like, what do we do with all of this solid gold material? And we haven't really figured out a thing to do, but here's one thing we can do. We can have all-science-question episode of Dear Hank and John, and I, I assume you've listened to the podcast. I have. That's great news.
1: <laughs> <laughs> with... This is a podcast. I've just been waking up on Mondays and answering science questions for fun.
0: Uh, and and uh, and I think that we'll just answer some science questions. I liked this one. Um, it was from Ben, who asks, Dear Hank and Deboki, could we bring back Neanderthals today? Like, if we really wanted to for some reason, considering we have sequenced their genome and all, pumpkins and penguins, Ben. Have we sequenced their genome and all? I think
1: so. I guess I kind of accepted the premise of the question. Now I guess I got to. <laughs> ah,
2: I'm
0: throwing a wrench in. Yeah. I, I, I think that we've, I think that we've got pieces. I don't know that we've got all of it.
1: Um, genome.gov says that in 2010, researchers had produced the first whole genome sequence of the 3 oh. billion letters in the Neanderthal genome.
0: That sounds like a whole, that sounds like a whole genome. Yeah. Jeez, I guess they're not. I. It's It's wild. Like you forget how recent it was. Yes. That, they, that we had other members of our genus.
1: Yes. And I just can't imagine it. I just can't imagine oh like being God. like, oh, there is this other sort of different kind of version of me just like around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that is Yes. And, you know, th- that that there would have had to have, I don't, I don't know, maybe there wouldn't have had to have, but it, it feels as if there would have to be some kind of large geographic separation. But, but if there was that large geographic separation, it seems... Entirely possible that that a, a civilization could evolve and then discover that, oh, my gosh, we actually aren't alone here, though. True. I don't trust us to not yeah. <laughs> end that situation pretty rapidly.
1: Yes, I I, I I'm, I'm curious, like, who would have been the most trustworthy of all of all of these early humans? Um, but maybe the fact that we're here is yeah. a sign that we were the least trustworthy of all. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Survivor lately, so I'm feeling very nihilistic about, like, groups of people on islands.
0: (laughs) Tell you what, tell you what, the Neanderthals would not have made it through this. That guy, they would have gone home in the first week. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Just far too nice. Yeah. Um, So, so, but, but, uh, so we do have a full genome and just stick it in an egg. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe. The thing is like, it's so hard to get DNA into cells to begin with. And again, just coming from that background of like trying to get T cells, which like it is good that your T cells will not just like accept any DNA willy nilly. Like that Uh is technically good unless you're trying to (laughs) graduate. but it is technically good that it is difficult to put DNA into cells. But I think particular, like there are some human cell lines that people have created that are easier to engineer, Mm -hmm. whether or not we can then turn them into like a stem cell that's gonna become a little like, neanderthal baby like mm-hmm. that's a lot more complicated and then whether or not you would even be able to have that baby develop like inside i i assume a surrogate i think yes like it's yeah. to be You're really not gonna, complicated yeah
0: we can't we can't have babies outside of people yeah animals yeah yet. um that's 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 a long way off still yeah um though though certainly the the date at which you can have a baby out of a parent um is getting yeah closer, uh, closer and closer so so uh, what's interesting to me there is like um my, my thought is just stick it stick some dna in the egg but it turns out cells have a lot of procedures for not having new dna show up because mm-hmm. that is that is often happens in problem situations yeah. like v- viruses and also just mistakes and so that cell might be like oh something's wrong i'm gonna d- i'm just gonna off myself Yep. Which they do a lot. Yeah. But we have been able to put some DNA into into cells before, right? Like, is, is that how cloning works?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. Like you're saying, like with viruses, like that is actually a way that we get DNA into cells all the time. It's, again, mm. not simple and straightforward because even making these kinds of viruses can be like pretty difficult because viruses are also not necessarily super excited about having a lot of strange DNA put into them. So there's Mm -hmm. like limitations on how much DNA you can put into it, what kind of DNA you can put into it, uh, and then getting the virus into like the cell and getting it to like put all that DNA, like there's just a lot of, there's a lot of issues. Like I, I've, I've had this conversation so much like with friends where we're just like, what if, <laughs> like we know what the sequence is. Like I know what the sequence is on my computer of what I want to make with the DNA. Why can I not just get it into the cell? <laughs> I feel like I should literally be able to print a cell out that has yep. all this stuff. And apparently biology is pretty complicated.
0: <laughs> we're not there yet. Um, yeah i true. I have confidence that we will we will that will be a much simpler proposition for students of the future but for deboki of the past, I'm sure that yes. you are <laughs> banging your head against a lot of walls
1: yeah it's it's gonna be the like my my most like children of the future who like learn how to clone in like third grade <laughs> when I'm be your like, age. back in my day
0: <laughs> 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 so uh th- th- so there's the question of uh can we which currently I don't think we can but like I think probably if, if, if like, you know, society continues to progress, that we will be able to. And then we will be faced with the question of, should we? Which, of course, we should not, right?
1: I don't think so. I, <laughs>
0: you can't. Yeah. It, it'd be like bringing about, like, I can see bringing back a woolly mammoth. Um, Even that is hard, though, because elephants have strong culture, but not like a Neanderthal culture. Like, bringing back a culturalist Neanderthal seems like... It's almost like that. that's not what it is. That's no, That wouldn't actually allow us to learn very much about them because that, you know, in addition to the fact that you've created a, a person theoretically just for study and for, for kind of yeah. to see if we could is a big problem. But then second, like that that's not really what we want to know so much. You know, it is not really about their physiology. It's about who they were and how they acted. And we can't know that because it, we will never recreate that environment.
1: For sure. Like, we're not bringing them back into the world of Neanderthals. We're bringing them back yeah. into a completely different world. And that's where I feel like a lot of resurrection talk to me. I just, I I can never tell if it's like my own failure of imagination where I'm like, I just, I, I, I don't find myself su- super curious about what it would be like to resurrect Neanderthals or woolly mammoths. I just mm-hmm. find myself kind of like hitting a wall of like, well, like, okay, I guess we bring the woolly mammoth back. But then like, I And then you go
0: to Jurassic Park, like, and then it's just a zoo uh, experience. Like, I I don't it's not like the ecosystem is lacking for woolly mammoths. Yeah, I think I could be wrong. Like, it may be that the ecosystem still (laughs) kind of exists in a way that, like, it it would be more dynamic if it had that um, sort of giant grass eating machine. But, yeah, I I don't I feel like the, the caribou are doing the job, you know?
1: Yeah, and ecosystems are just so complicated that you just throw something in there oh, and it's going to... Yeah. I mean, it'll do something. Like, something will happen <laughs> if we put woolly <laughs> mammoths back in the world. But yeah, it it will probably more than just, like, a unidirectional kind of like, oh, yeah, now this is going to do that. And now the ecosystem's different. It's like going to be like a whole series of cascading things. Yeah, so I guess maybe that, that is, like, a curious thing. I just am not personally ever like, oh, cool. I want to well, know what's going to yeah. happen.
0: It is... You know, I, I am interested in in de-extinction when it comes to, um, you know, the potential future where we have a world that can sustain that organism that went extinct. But if there's a reason it went extinct and we haven't fixed that problem yet, then there's no reason to de-extinct it. Because yeah. it, like then it will just be it will just be a lot of uh, a lot of maintenance to, for a symbolic thing, really, rather than something about the earth something about the ecosystem and uh and i think we think of of extinction symbolically a lot where it's like if we lose that last one then we've lost it forever and like that is you know obviously that is very true but the the, the reality is that the the loss is is that there isn't a world left where that that organism can survive like and we haven't changed that yet yeah. anyway that's a bit of a bummer i want to ask a different <laughs> question this one is from Kristen, who asks, dear Hank and Deboki, would I get sick if I were to eat the Mona Lisa? Nothing funny rhymes with Kristen. Uh, Kristen, what about, like, listen to Kristen? Kristen, that would be good. Listen to and Kristen. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <Did> she... <laughs> Can Kristen eat the Mona Lisa?
1: I, I mean, now that we've... <laughs> Tried to rhyme her name. Sure, why not? <laughs>
0: uh, but no, okay. I, d- but, I don't
1: recommend it.
0: <laughs> uh, would she get sick?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> da Vinci was not <laughs> painting the Mona Lisa with safety like edible, in mind. Like edible
0: inks, yeah. I mean, to begin uh, with,
1: like, I guess the, the stuff it's painted on is like a thin plank. Yeah, so, wood.
0: It's painted on wood.
1: Yeah so, yeah, so so you're eating
0: really old wood, I don't. Which is fine. Like I feel like I could. The, a lot of people. I, there was recently a. Uh, this was on. I think. I don't know. It was on. Wait. Wait. Don't tell me. Maybe. Or. Or the other one. Um. That there was a. There was a. A bakery that couldn't sell cookies or couldn't name their cookies cookies because they had too much sawdust in them. And I huh. was like, oh, uh, so, then, I guess <laughs> you can eat wood. <laughs>
1: But what if that sawdust was essential? <laughs> what if you just called it a sawdust cookie? Yeah.
0: Look, I I don't know how the laws in whatever country th- that I heard about that thing that I vaguely remember work. <laughs> but I can tell you that if I ground up the plank that a Mona Lisa was on and mixed it into enough cookie dough, I could definitely eat it.
1: That definitely sounds like something that's going to be like served at a future like billionaires, evil Mm, villain kind of, like, situation.
0: (laughs) Everyone eat a little of the Mona Lisa. Well, look, here's what you could do. You just shave a little bit off the back. You don't have to eat the whole Mona Lisa.
1: Yeah. You can also just tell people that the Mona Lisa is in what you're eating. No one's going to, like, look at the Mona Lisa and be like, is something from it missing? So if you were to, like, have a menu and be like, this is a Mona Lisa cookie with shavings of Mona Lisa on it, no Mm -hmm. one's going to, like, fact check you. Um, Except for the fact that they're not going to die because they're not eating lead and they're not eating like bone oh,
0: dust. Oh, okay. So there's more to it than just <laughs> yes. bone dust. I guess this
1: is in some of the the pigments. Uh, this was not a time of a uh, a very safe. Well, I don't know if now are times of necessarily safe pigments, Um, but Da Vinci was definitely painting with some stuff that could make you sick. There was a primer that had lead in it. There was bone dust. There was mercury sulfide. Like, there's stuff in the pigments that will also probably not be good to eat.
0: Interesting. Okay, this makes sense. I uh, Then you really do want to just scrape the back off. Look, I don't know. Like... I'm not saying that I'm not saying this is good. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm not saying that I would like it that that if if I was at a party where this was happening, I wouldn't be infuriated, but I could absolutely see someone buying a Picasso and like scraping a bit of it off and putting it in a cookie. <laughs> and and like that actually actually being a thing. Like I'm not making it up. <laughs> like I, I could see a debauchery party in can where they're all drinking, you know, gallons of rose and it's like the cookies have a Picasso yes. in them. Uh, I think that I think that Mona, the Mona Lisa is.
1: Safe, <laughs> oh, you think it's safe from being turned into a cookie?
0: Yes, I don't yes. think it's safe okay. to eat. But... <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> I disagree with you, Deboki. I've heard that lead is bad for you, but that's just the. Yeah, experts. I mean, has anyone tried? And I'm going to do my own research. <laughs> I'm going to
1: march into the Louvre right now <laughs> and test this out.
0: But Deboki, you said that one of the concerns was bone dust, and I have to make the case that I could definitely okay. eat bone dust. Well,
1: if you're going to make that case. So far, everything that I have found about what makes bone dust bad for you is about like breathing it in when you are cutting up bones. Mm. So, okay. Okay. I, maybe.
0: Look, our bones are fine. Animals eat bones all the time.
1: True, true.
0: I think we're fine. I think okay. I can eat bone dust. I don't think that I can yeah. eat lead though.
1: Yeah, I think maybe it's the lead. So
0: it would make you sick, but it probably yeah. wouldn't kill you is, is I feel like where we're at. Yes. But not like a little bit sick for a I little while. I mean, how while.
1: much of it are you eating? Like sick <laughs> I forever. I think if you eat the whole thing, <laughs> you are going to be doing so great. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> I can hear that.
1: It's all in the dosage. <laughs>
0: Everything, every, everything's a yeah. poison a certain dose, yeah. including the Mona Lisa. This next question comes from Joey, who asks, dear Hank and Dipoki, we why have no other animals evolved to uh, intelligence similar to our own? I feel as though there are some who have had just as much, if not more time. <laughs> <laughs> well, for clarity, we've all, like, all life on Earth has yeah. had the same amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Like, could it still happen? I think kangaroos should be next. Joey cute
1: i like the idea that it also could just be like there are animals that have been alive as long as i have and have just like not bothered to learn things in that time
0: (laughs) get your get together this was a this was one of my first like learning moments that i remember i said to my i said to my teacher if trees have been around so long this is like third grade why haven't they learned how to walk?" (laughs) Um, which is like basically the same same vibe as this yeah. question, like why didn't a tree learn how to walk? And the answer uh, is twofold. One is the trees don't need mm-hmm. to walk because they're they're doing they're doing just fine. The other is that like the the pathway to get to walking involves a lot of other changes that that trees have not made. Um, they have not had to make, and that was in a different branch of the tree, you know. So like the the like muscles. Are very different um, from how plants move. And so the the uh, and also like the requirement of. I mean, now, but Debuki, now I'm questioning. Mm -hmm. I'm questioning whether or not a plant could walk Uh, because they can move and some of them can move quite quickly.
1: There's a whole thing about, like, whether or not trees are, like, in forests are migrating, right? But that's more about, like, the collective forest. That's not, like, tree. Sure. That's not, like, we're yeah. not, like, at X. An Individual tree. Yeah.
0: An individual tree can move, but only if the ground also moves.
1: Yeah. Could, could a plant walk? I think they—I think— what they okay so i don't know if like an individual tree can walk but i think what they've done instead is like construct a really elaborate system of being able to disperse so like that is like what right. is valuable to them and their like mm-hmm. method of survival um
0: right and and instead of like going to find someone to mate with instead they uh, attract pollinators to to move their genetic information around.
1: Yeah, because I think one of so, the the things that's like...
0: They solve the problem in a different way. Yeah,
1: because it's like, we could look at it as, well, why haven't trees learned how to walk? But it's also a question of like, well, why haven't we learned how to survive without going anywhere? And everybody <laughs> in our society is all just rooted to the ground. So who's really yeah, the intelligent there, one here?
0: That's That also has advantages. Yeah. I could just sit here and eat sunlight. Yep. Can you do that? Yeah. Can you do that, little Hank Green? Yeah.
1: I think about this every yeah. time with microcosmos, because anytime I learn about a new organism for microcosmos, I'm like, wow, you've like really crafted a great lifestyle for yourself. Like, you I, figured it I out. I think I've done so much <laughs> in my life. And then I'm just looking at this tiny little microbe that can just like spring itself from a sta- like a single place and just grab food. And it doesn't like have the ability to like see or hear anything. It just has all these mm-hmm. other mechanisms. Like, wow, I I don't know how to do anything.
0: I got to tell you Rotifer, you seem happier than yeah, me. Yeah. Like if 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 all all being equal, but intelligence is great and I I do think about this sometimes and obviously there ha- like intelligence has evolved independently on earth several times, you know, like like the best example being octopus. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like these animals are very smart and they definitely didn't get smart um, from, and, and like the root of their smart isn't really connected to the root of our smart, Yeah, you know, except in as much as like, it's a nervous system mm-hmm. that has, has like, uh, you know, common connection to animals, but like it's smart is very different and acts very different. And, uh, and the, and I have heard people say a couple of times if like octopuses lived, longer than they would be just as smart as us. Hmm. I don't think that this is how it works, yeah. uh, but I I I do understand the temptation of that thought that because they are so they, they are so short-lived, like they tend to only live for like a year or three. Yeah. Yeah, does their intelligence
1: have... go through like aging?
0: Oh, gosh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'd love to I'd love to talk to an octopus expert about yeah. it. Like like how does an octopus learn how to be smart? How are they, how are they taught? Yeah. But I have no idea. You know, I I think that there is a piece of it that is, do you need it? Mm-hmm. But the so like the, does the does the tree need to move? Yeah. But the other piece of it is, do you have the sort of requisite complexity to do it? Which like that that is a, both a uh, a no for for the tree in both cases yeah. with walking. Like a tree doesn't need to walk, but also doesn't have the the like sort of anything like the physiological background to evolve that trait. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like brains and, take up a lot of space. They take a lot of resources, like both through yeah. development and after. So that's like, mm-hmm. that's a lot. Like you're going to need to want, like you're going to need to get a lot out of the brain, I think, to make it all worth right. it.
0: Mm-hmm. And the thing that we get out of the brain is, is good. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of the first, I don't know, the the thing that I try to remember about people is that like our smart is a side effect of our communication. Mm. So like the thing that really makes us special is that we can very efficiently communicate a lot of information from person to person um and uh even before we had like the internet or telephones or or media um I mean I guess we had media even back then we had stories we had yeah. the systems of of sharing information are really good with people and that is the 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 advantage that that brought is what brought intelligence. So as we got better at that, there were more benefits. And so there was this sort of this evolutionary feedback loop where the better you got at sharing information, the better you got at surviving. And the thing that made you better at it was intelligence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: you just basically need that to happen in kangaroos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Need to get all these animals to start telling each other stories sitting around a campfire.
0: You need some reason that a kangaroo needs to tell a story in order to survive. Yes. All all kangaroos. And if you are a bad <laughs> kangaroo storyteller, somebody comes along and the, uh, the kangaroo god just is like, no, you are no more. You are you are, <laughs> a, you are a non-living kangaroo yep. now.
1: I mean, we say this. We just, maybe we just one. don't know what their stories are. I mean, they they could be talking That's a true. lot of smack about us, and we just don't know.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, they are. Have you seen them? <laughs> oh God, there! I used to play uh, a lot of uh, those Maxis Sim games. Do you know what I'm talking no. about? No. So back back in the day, in the in the 80s and 90s, there was like Sim City and Sim Earth and yeah. Sim Life and Sim Ant, and it was just like just games that didn't have a, a goal. Like you created your own goal mm-hmm. and they didn't have an end. Yeah. Um they didn't have you couldn't like beat them. Yeah. And so you made a city, but there was one called SimEarth. And on in SimEarth, you could uh like naturally if you sort of like had the best environment and a lot of diversity and a lot of life for, for a long enough time, intelligence would evolve. Mm-hmm. And then you could have cities and et cetera. Yeah. But also you could uh, you could sort of give a, something like an intelligence bonus by dropping a monolith on them, <laughs> reference to 2001. And uh, now this wouldn't work on everything. You couldn't like drop a, a monolith on like a bacteria and get in, like a, a super intelligent bacteria. Yeah. But like you could sort of decide I want my planet to be sort of full of intelligent cephalopods, which is <laughs> very good.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Like so like what did that look like in the game? Like they would start like talking to each other or like they'd build a little like no, subless culture. Like, they're
0: literally just like an icon on the screen. <laughs> and like they they I think that they got like a thing. So instead of just being a octopus, it was an octopus with like a staff or something. Uh- <laughs> and and like the the unmoving pixel icon of them would then spread and then they'd have cities. Huh. I've always felt like it'd be very difficult to have civilization underwater. Um and I think that this is I like I I but I do not know why.
1: Why you think that or why like, It seems would
0: like be if it would be possible I like I don't know why I think th- both both mm-hmm. like th- those are the same thing. Um but it seems like if it was possible it would have happened there first yeah. because its life has been there for so much longer for
1: sure. But also like we know nothing about the ocean. I I I would not.
0: <laughs> so what you're saying is there's a chance. Yes,
1: that is exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> I have not ruled out the possibility of mermaids. Is what I am saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, whales this... exist. Whales and dolphins exist, and yeah. whatever uh-huh. it is they're it's doing true. is.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I was more more complicated yeah, than we. Yeah, think. yeah, yeah.
1: Whether or not they would have yeah. like, built palaces is like a different kind of story or like whether or not they would be like waving staffs around, that's a different story. Mm. But.
0: Right, right. And they do use tools like dolphins use tools, um, which is and and teach and learn from each other. Yeah,
1: I I can't imagine. Like if I like try to conceive of like an underwater like civilization, it always looks like like the Atlantis movie, The Little Mermaid, Aquaman. Like Mm. I cannot imagine anything that doesn't look like that, so it always seems absurd. Like I just it it always like is inherently fantastical,
0: yeah. I always try and think of how chemistry would like how would you mm. build a chemistry lab underwater? That would be very hard because there's water everywhere. Yeah, you have to create a big air pocket and then go into it so that you could mix things together.
1: I bet there are underwater chemists who are like, how do they do chemistry up there? There's air everywhere.
2: <laughs> all right
0: <laughs> and also like it's not like chemistry was necessary for civilization and for like yeah. humans to evolve yeah. like we had we had uh we had you know intelligent human beings a long time before we and i could totally imagine agriculture underwater yes like, there's no reason that like if a dolphin figured like the, the problem is that dolphins don't eat Grass. Yeah. But like maybe they could figure out a way to farm crabs or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: I'm in. They're farming lobsters and they're eating them, and we don't know about See, it. The, they're just doing it. The and, way that we and, can't
1: um, like conceive of like human beings and Neanderthals living in the same society, I think wa- yeah. whales and dolphins have figured that out, is what I've decided now. Mm, um, yeah. And so
0: the underwater society... <laughs> as, as, of, as of 15 seconds yeah,
1: ago. <laughs> I've, I've solved it. I've now understood <laughs> the entirety of the underwater empire that's going on. And they're all working together, because some of them want to eat, like animals. Some of them don't. So like this is a collaboration.
0: The underwater empire.
1: And there's a crown in there. Oh, And it's it's OK. No, there's no crown. This is starting to feel more realistic if I like put it in those terms.
0: There's no crown.
1: No, no. We're going to remove the fantasy elements. We're going to remove the Aquaman, the Little Mermaid. And if we describe it strictly in terms of whales and dolphins, then I think the marine biologists have to
0: agree with me. <laughs> OK, uh, this is why well, our
1: meetings are only 30 minutes, if they were any longer, <laughs> we would get to the whale and dolphin <laughs> empire part of the show.
0: This next question, Boki, it comes from Ray, who asks, Dear Hank and Deboki, what is the skin of your teeth? I'm quite certain that there is no skin on my teeth. Is there?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I am quite certain, but not 100%. Uh, is this one of those stupid English things? I'm confused. Ray. It's not a stupid English thing. I think it's a great phrase.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hear "skin of the teeth" and I think of all the things that like don't come off your teeth when you brush them.
0: Oh, so I got through it by this by but, the 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 bacterial film.
1: Yeah, on my yeah, teeth, which I, do, I assume is not actually what it means, but. That's just what I imagine it as.
0: Well, I think it's a it's an X ex- I, this is how I feel. It's an excellent identification of a very weird thing, which is that we have a living body part that is not covered in epithelial cells mm. and only one mm-hmm. and ep- epithelial cells being the. So like you know like on, on, they are the skin cells, but also they're in our digestive system and they're in our mouths and at other places and uh, but but on teeth, they are they' are living but they are not but they are exposed they're like so yeah either either the skin of your teeth is your enamel and then underneath that is the living part so that would be like one that would be like a metaphorical skin so you have like a, your enamel uh that is covering the living part just like your skin is a kind of a dead part of you that's covering the living part but i think that it's saying like this is a living part of you that that you got it was so barely there that that you got by, through by, like, an imaginary, invisible thing. Yeah. So, like, the only part of your body that, that you can't skin, you skinned it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I ever really, had like, realized what an existential crisis around skin and teeth there are. But I think that that makes a lot of sense. Like, the idea of it being, like, representative of, like, a basically imaginary barrier. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, it's, like, something super thin. But, like, to the point of being basically, like, just metaphorical like because it just doesn't even exist i like that um Mm. apparently like its actual origin um or at least where people have found it uh is from the old testament um well
0: if it's in the old testament yeah it's it's old yeah
1: yeah um and so i guess when satan is trying to like tempt or break Job. I'm not super all completely well up on my like Old Testament stories. Um but Job like actually says, "My bone cleavers to my skin and to my flesh and I escaped with the skin of my teeth." But Ooh. I don't think that it's clear what skin actually referred to there.
0: Um mm-hmm. so but I f- it's just yeah. I mean, I we're metaphorical. We're poets. Yeah. We're all, we've always been that way.
1: I feel like like cuz I think my when I was in high school because it was a private high school, we actually ended up reading the Bible and it was sort of like with the goal of like learning some of that kind of metaphorical language. Mm-hmm. And I remember the like, what's like the camel through a needle or something. Sure, it's yeah. like, that's mm-hmm. like one of those ones where it's like one of those yeah. things that sounds impossible and it could be in one interpretation, but then right. it's also like maybe more about like a hair. And this feels like that kind of thing maybe then, where it could be imagined or it could be super thin.
0: Right, like it, it so, so what you're saying is that potentially this is just a mistranslation and we've just stuck with it because it sounded good.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
0: You Deboki, <laughs> I've heard that you are a Bible scholar. <laughs>
1: yes. That is actually what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that we it's... we started out with I'm here to answer science questions and we've now come to Deboki <laughs> the Bible scholar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I need you to do I need you to do poetry and metaphor and Bible because yeah. um, because John's not here and I don't know how to do
1: those yeah. <laughs> Well, OK,
0: that's that's the John job. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is interesting. Like, it is weird to think about, like, what we think about when we're saying, like, because these kinds of phrases, like, you think about it all the time, like, you say them or you hear them. And yeah. I've never thought twice about the skin of my teeth. I've been like, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense to me in my head. But actually, now I'm going to th- have a crisis about it every time I hear it, because I'm like, going to be like, well, I'm going to ask whoever uses it. I'm going to be like, do you, that mean, do you mean that, like, metaphorically this way or metaphorically that other way? And it's very important to <laughs> is me Is the enamel distinguish- the skin
0: or is it a, an invisible, imaginary? skin or is it the bacterial film? Yes. Which is it? <laughs> yeah. I need <laughs> you to explain which skin is on your teeth.
1: I'm going to ask my dentist this, <laughs> the <laughs> next time I go. <laughs> Tell me dentist.
0: <laughs> you must think about this, which reminds me to that this podcast is brought to you by tooth skin, tooth skin. It's uh, we're not sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only certainty is that we do not know. This podcast is also brought to you by Mona Lisa cookies, just barely Ooh. edible.
0: <laughs> it's the dose that <laughs> makes the poison. This podcast is also brought to you by T cells. They do not do what you want them to do, which is probably for the best if you have a body, but not if you have research to do.
1: This podcast is also brought to you by octopuses with stabs, 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 stabs. They stab things with their stabs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They've got stabs, stabby octopuses <laughs> and ultra smart kangaroos who are talking about you behind your back.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the book we've also got a Project for Awesome message for this. Edition of Dear Deboki and Hank. It's from Alana Maddie, who says, Hello, Hank and John. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Alana.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm very sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> He'll listen, I promise. From the wonderful music community over on Twitch, we raised money for the Project for Awesome together this year, and it's been wonderful meeting fellow nerdfighters on the platform. I didn't know about this music community on Twitch. This is cool. Thank you for all you do as a longtime listener, first time caller. It's been wonderful following you both on your journeys and finally getting to participate in this small way is an honor. DFTBA. That's lovely. Thank you, Alana.
2: So we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand, Dr. Pepper. The off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same. And another is of course, Your health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can. Can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you ZocDoc.com slash DearHank.
0: And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee, and I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarketcom Hank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E, T-H-R-I-V-E Market.com/dearhank. thrivemarketcom Hank.
1: Our next question comes from Ben in Ohio who asks, in Andy Weir's book, Project Hail Mary, the main character mentions that turning on a flashlight in space would move the person holding it. Is this true? If a flashlight is brighter, is the force greater?
0: Ooh. I mean, you're just gonna have to guess that if Andy Weir's busting out a fact like that in a book that he he is gonna catch so much flack if he got it wrong, there's a yeah. very low chance that he's got it wrong. Yeah. When I, you write books for for science nerds, that's terrifying. Yeah. That I interviewed him when that book was coming out and I was like, do you, and actually I read it beforehand and I like I don't wanna brag, but I fixed something.
1: Oh, nice. That's yeah, I that's was like, exciting. You forgot
0: a vector. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's how I would rewrite it if I were you. And he was like, "Wow, thank you. That, that is that would have been really bad. Um, got to keep so. those vectors straight." <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there. I would, got, I would like put to that in a bio. The I mean, I know
1: it would be rude, but I would probably, if I, if I had done that, I would have been like, "Yeah, I, I corrected Andy Weir."
0: Yeah, I do. Um, man, I read a lot of books, and I'm, uh, I, where I'm like. They should have called me. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to uh, physics and photons, do not call me because I have no idea. But um, the so so yes my yes it would but yeah. why and how and yes it would be more if it was brighter but like explain to me how a thing that has no mass has momentum go like i don't know oh
1: i i had decided to accept that as the premise for the answer i was like cool <laughs> <laughs> physicists say that photons have momentum i'm going to accept that and from what little i understood when i was looking this up because i was very confurious confuri- con- i was both confused and <laughs> curious
0: <laughs> yeah uh,
1: yeah that that actually does feel very apt to describe Uh, how i felt researching this question um there are like our equations for describing momentum that do have mass in them but there are other ones that like then come into play that explain why light has momentum as well and so that's basically what's happening here but at least from what I understand, if you wanted to try to get anywhere with a flashlight in space, like you're gonna get there very, very slowly. Like it's especially because if you're attached to the flashlight, you have a ton of mass. So I think that's gonna slow things down a lot.
0: So the flashlight on its own would travel significantly faster. Yes, uh, but that's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to get back to your spaceship, and you can't. You, you're you got you only have one option: it's to get back to your spaceship, or you die. And you got a flashlight. And the answer to this riddle is you die.
1: Yes. You sure do. Apparently this is like a very popular question on exams. So we might be like helping some people oh. like cheat a little bit. Um, yeah. but apparently it's like even faster like the like this is like a trick question or it's even faster if you just like throw the flashlight. Like that's right. what's going to get you faster. Mm-hmm. But because you've thrown the flashlight, if you get lost, like if you if you if you made a mistake, then, like, you're you're kind of screwed because you're just on whatever trajectory. You can
0: only throw a flashlight one time, yeah. Yeah. The, so, like, the idea... And this, like, you could test this in a lake. Like, if you're on a canoe, you can throw a rock, and it actually, like... The harder you throw the rock, the more your canoe moves in the opposite direction mm-hmm. because you've pushed against the rock, and it's inertia. And that is how... Rockets work is they throw lots of rocks out the out their butts mm. and it pushes them up. That's why, uh, that's why they I'm... named
1: it a rocket. <laughs> 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 they just put together rock and butt and took out the bee.
0: <laughs> that's correct. Put it on the Wikipedia page, everyone. <laughs> <I'm>...
1: <laughs> and cite this podcast. <laughs> Deboki Chakravarty said this.
0: <laughs> uh, don't vandalize Wikipedia. Yeah, um, especially in my uh, name. there's not a lot of search results for my name and I don't want this to be one of them (laughs) now that you have now that you've done this now that you've involved our names (laughs) to I have to I have to get rid of the the fun and eliminate it no you can't no don't vandalize Wikipedia anyway the uh so 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 you could throw the flashlight but or you could toss the photons out but it's just a, a tiny force but you did talk here about how it does matter. And there are things that we measure oh. uh, and, and that we have to account for this photon stuff. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So um, so there are these other weird effects that come up in terms of radiation and light and how that affects the movement of things in space. Um, there are actually like asteroids that have their their trajectory altered because of the way that like sunlight will hit them. And mm-hmm. if they're like irregularly shaped and like they're kind of like rotating in a certain way, it's like the way that the light hits them will heat up one side of the asteroid asteroid and then as it's like rotating it'll oh. cool down and that actually like pushes the asteroid like that cooling like creates a force so um, it's not the
0: photons or just the photons yeah it's i think also it's this really more
1: radiation process. yeah
0: right okay
1: oh yeah sorry okay. i put this here at first because that was the first thing had come up and then i didn't delete it just because i thought it was cool <laughs> Um, because yeah. i've never heard about this it's called the yarkovsky effect uh um, yeah and it's like a thing that actually makes it harder for scientists to know if asteroids are going to collide with us. So that part's less cool. But the so effect it's,
0: it's, is cool. So it's not like the asteroid isn't on a perfect path yeah. that, as would be defined by gravity because they're like this tiny force is acting on them when they radiate heat away. Mm-hmm. Where they're basically giant flashlights, but in the infrared spectrum. Yeah. <sighs> Neat.
1: Yeah. Space is just a <laughs> bunch of flashlights floating around.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how we see a lot. I mean, when you kind of you're looking at the stars, like most of the mass that is, you know, normal mass is stars, mm-hmm. and they are big flashlights, yeah. and we can see them. There they are. Yeah, I can't actually right now. It's daytime, and I'm inside, oh. and it's cloudy. All the different reasons. <laughs> okay,
1: daylight savings is done, so <laughs> the, oh, the, the, sun, the stars God. will be up very
0: soon. Yeah. Oh man. You're in Boston or in Massachusetts, so you, you, what do you get? Like, what's your, what's your earliest sunset? Like four thirty?
1: I think we're now like something ridiculous like that. What's our sunset? Four twenty-seven p.m. Oh. So not even four thirty. That's the worst. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this next question, Deboki, it comes from Bronwyn, who asks, "Dear Hank and Deboki, last night in Vancouver we had a very intense lightning storm, and I was thinking about how much power." It generates. I was wondering if people have ever tried to use lightning as a sustainable power resource, like solar power, just build really tall metal poles uh, and then capture it somehow. (laughs) 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 I don't brawn lose. I brawn win. (laughs) I liked that. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I ended up liking it. Um,
1: Is it the saying it out loud makes it more uh fun?
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, So... I have heard that that there are people who have wanted to do this, and obviously like this is a tremendous amount of energy. there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of energy that that comes from you know water moving around in in the sky and creating all of this wind, and then that creates this electricity electrical differential that then can bridge a gap of of many hundreds of feet when you're just or even or even like more than that. like these mm-hmm. lighting bolts can be huge. yeah, so there's is a lot of energy. Um, and I do want energy, and I'd love for it to be created by storms instead of by fossil fuels yeah uh and i I remember writing about this in the old days in ego geek in like the early or mid two thousands and like that there were people who had tried to do this, but there's a there are problems,
1: yeah, yeah, it seems really hard, yeah, like I, this feels like Neanderthal DNA all over again, but like <laughs> not even without having to get all biological like yeah, it's there's like like lightning. Has a lot of energy, but like it's like over a super short amount of time. So you got to be like super fast about it. Yep. You got to be yep. able to store it all.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. If he, <laughs> it turns out, unless there was a, a lightning bolt that just hit all of the time and yeah, never stopped, yeah. that would be great. But unfortunately, yep. it's like one at a time. Yeah, Can't you, maybe you could just like st- st- like Ben Franklin it and just like have the energy always coming down.
1: Yeah, well, now that you say it like that, I feel like what we should do is figure out how to generate like a very localized lightning storm that is like in one spot, and then just put the the plant there, and it's just always getting right the lightning. Well, there is. I don't see any downsides yet.
0: There is a place on Earth that that almost always has lightning. It's a lake in South America uh. or like an inlet in South America. And, Interesting. Uh, and because of the geography of the area, it's pretty much a constant lightning storm. Well, then it's perfect. So that would be the place to do it.
1: Yeah. Then we just got to figure out how to get the lightning. That's I think, the next the next challenge. But OK, cool. The I, everlasting actually, no, okay, lightning storm. OK, now I've been storm. convinced. I think we can do this.
0: <laughs> <We've> <laughs> we just have to go.
1: Again.
0: <laughs> we have to go to. Uh, it's in Venezuela. Venezuela? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> That's embarrassing. It's in Venezuela. It's called Lake. M- Maracaibo uh, mm. and uh, and the the shape of it. Uh, so they have lightning storms 140 to 116 nights per year, oh, wow. nine hours per day, 16 to 40 times per minute. So that's a lot, yeah. but it's not every day. Yeah. Uh, but that is way more than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> that is a lot. It sure is. 40 to, for, 16 to 40 times per minute. That's like almost once a second.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is.
0: I think I'll stay I think I'll stay here. Yeah. We get like three lightning storms a year. Yeah.
1: Like, can you imagine even having to try to like construct a plant in the middle of all this? You're like, well, right. <laughs> this yeah. is the one day of <laughs> can no we lightning. Turn the lightning on <laughs> for,
0: a, for just a, a month so we can build this thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it comes it comes in really hot. Uh, so it's hard to to capture. Yeah. And then you have to store it. Because you can't just like st- send it onto the grid. That would probably create some problems. And then electricity. I feel the same way as T cells. It's just like I'm not sure anyone actually knows how this works. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel that way about light, T cells, and electricity.
0: <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Though.
1: yeah, the rest of it.
0: Devoki knows everything else. It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so all makes perfect sense. We know everything there is to yeah. know about. And
1: I'm it. an expert also on Bible interpretations. <laughs> 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 we have really—I picked the questions that yeah. cover my areas yeah. of expertise.
0: Right. I mean, ancient Hebrew wasn't that hard to to, to figure yep. out for devotees, but, but photons, <laughs> no. <not>. Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody done it? Have they? Tr- have mm-hmm. they? Have they built a, a, at least a pilot plant? People have tested it out. In
1: 2007, apparently, a company tried out a system to do this. Um,
0: That's probably the thing I wrote about in eco geek. Mm. That's probably the very story I
1: covered. <laughs> the Alternative Energy Holdings Inc.
0: <laughs> Holdings is a good name because uh, it's it's a business term for like a company that owns things, mm. and then but also it's it's actually literally trying to hold alternative energy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's mostly theoretical. Um, yeah,
0: I think it it seems almost like it's mostly like research rather than anything to do with with practical. There is a company that goals. has tried
1: to set off electric activity in thunderclouds with ultra short lasers. So that's combining light and electricity. Great. So I believe
0: it. now we are very confused. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely look, you you convinced me. Where do I sign up? I'm an investor now. Yep. Deboki, uh since, since you are the science person on the podcast and I probably know more about AFC Wimbledon than you, do you want to do the Mars News? Yeah,
1: I'll do it. Um, okay. Because this week in Mars news, it's very exciting. Researchers have found uh, organic molecules on Mars that they hadn't found before. Mm. Um, it's always fun Ooh. to find some some new molecules. And the researchers actually found out about this because like, there was a, a drill on the Curiosity rover that was malfunctioning back in 2016. And so they were like, well, we can't drill for rock samples right now, which we really wanted to do. And we wanted to collect these for later experiments, but we still want to test some things out. And they had these cups with pre-mixed solvents in them so they were like, we, we've got the, these sand samples from a beach. We're going to just dump some of that into this little cup of wet, uh, wet things and see what happens and see what we can learn okay. from it. And so they're act- they were actually trying out a new technique for them, which is called wet sampling. And so there have been previous ways that we found organic molecules used, um, like toluene and benzene, and those are usually by heating the sediments up. Um, so this mm-hmm. was the first time they were trying it out with this wet sampling technique. And from that, right. they found zoic acid and some other organic molecules that were new to them. They also found ammonia, which is inorganic, but it's produced through the breakdown of other organic molecules. And so none of these tell us like how the molecules came around, they don't tell us like, you know, was there some kind of life that was making it? But it is cool that like we have this technique and that we can use this to find mm-hmm. these molecules because these were things that were harder to find potentially with the other techniques that they'd been using.
0: Doing wet chemistry on Mars. Yeah. Uh, just like the octopuses would
1: yes yeah maybe they've already it done out. it <laughs> the dolphins have already been to mars
0: i mean i would wouldn't wouldn't put it past them um
1: what if the dolphins spe- had gotten to mars and then that's why the back. water left and then they came back what what, what did do they do drink it yeah, i don't know <laughs>
0: So, in uh, in this week in the AFC Wimbledon news, they're currently playing a couple of tournaments that, as I think that I am correct about this, don't have an impact on standing. Mm. So they're in the Football League Trophy yeah. tournament, which I think that they probably are done with because they lost the first two Aww. games. But they're also in the FA Cup, and they won the first game of the FA Cup. Uh, that sounds like they won the FA Cup yeah. in the FA mm-hmm. Cup, um, and uh, and I, that that was against gisly which because I don't I've never heard of that team, I think it's in a lower league, mm. so it's like pretty good. Like if they'd lost to that team, it probably wouldn't have been a really <laughs> bad sign. Uh they got a game coming up. Um, so that's good. And I the the, the thing about the FA Cup. As far as I understand, is that the higher you go, the more you get paid. So oh. if you can get a couple rounds into the FA Cup, then like you, you have a chance of playing a really big team, yeah. and then you make a bunch of money because they get like TV broadcast and stuff. Right, that makes sense. Uh, very important. So they, they uh, AFC Women is not doing well. They're a couple of points out of the relegation zone. So you will, you if you're following along and listening in real time to the podcast. You will have heard the beginning of the season when it, things were looking great, and we were very excited. And now we're in a situation where if we lose a couple more games, there's a good chance that we that, that we 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 I guess mm-hmm. I'm an owner of the team <laughs> thanks to a gift from my brother um, that we would be in the in the relegation zone. The good news is we've got two games coming up against teams that are not very good. Um, or aren't very high in the standings. I don't know how good teams are. Uh, Portsmouth and and uh, and Crew Alexandra. So both of those teams are lower in the standings, along with AFC Wimbledon. So this is not. It's not like we're playing like the best team in the league next week. Um, so that's good. Uh, we're playing some some lower down teams that we have a better chance against. And yeah, th- that's sort of what I look at when John's talking about AFC Wimbledon. I'm like, are we going to play a team that's like really good and like yeah? We have we, have we played a lot of the good teams, and that's why we're lower down. I don't know. The the bad news is <laughs> yeah. that uh that there are not a lot of goals sco- goals being scored, um though uh appreciate moving out from the first round of the FA Cup. We don't know who are playing for the second round. If we draw a really good team for that, then maybe it'll be a little extra fun. Maybe some people can see FC Wimbledon play on their on their televisions. Uh and that's all I know. Yeah. Did I do a good job? I
1: I, I, I think so. I,
0: <laughs> I have no
1: well, idea. I, I don't I, I I follow the AFC Wimbledon updates and then outside of the podcast I, I live in a an arsenal household where like this is a team that started out oh, okay. the season. I mean just like like my my one piece of life advice because i'm showing up on this podcast is like if you have the option like somehow to tie your life to someone who is an arsenal fan don't do it like i did it and <laughs> luckily he has enough...
0: I, I love this i love this man a yeah. lot but
1: <laughs> but it's introduced a <laughs> lot of a lot of tragic moments in our household and i i uh, i still am now along for the ride um but you know, it is it is what it is. So sometimes I, I follow the AFC Wimbledon <laughs> news feeling like this sounds a lot like what being an Arsenal fan sounds like where you're like, yes, I, I love them so much. And then also, no,
0: ah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, the AFC Wimbledon story is quite a story, but sure uh, the what we need is a billionaire to come along and give him a, give him a little leg up. Devoki, thank you so much for being on this podcast with me today. It was a pleasure and I learned a lot.
1: Thank you for having me. I also learned a lot about where my head will go with science if <laughs> I <if> am <laughs> given if it too is much allowed. space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you want to ask your questions to us, our email address is hankandjohn at gmail.com. And without those questions, we don't have a podcast. So thank you so much to everybody for sending them in, whether they are about science or not. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tuna Medish. It's produced by Rosianna Hals Rojas. Our community communications coordinator is julia bloom our editorial assistant hey it's Deboki chakravarti <laughs> me the music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great gunnarolla and as they say in our hometown don't forget to, to be awesome, be awesome.